A multi-vehicle crash with injuries tonight. Contra Costa fires. Fire and paramedics arrived in minutes. Fire department, what's the address of the emergency? Firefighters are working this large brush fire. Commercial structure fire. There's two people inside. Believe they cannot get out of the house. Deadly crash on Highway 4 in Contra Costa County. Fire department is on the way. Crews battled more than 30 fires over 48 hours. The dedicated men and women of Contra Costa County Fire are proud to serve our many communities throughout the county. Forgotten that you are always in our hearts, and therefore you will never be forgotten. All right. Hey, Vito. Hi, Sam. <laughs> we just got done explaining to our guests how low profile and not very good we are at this, and we just proved it within 13 seconds. <laughs> yeah, that did, did not take long. Hopefully, we continue to get better and better. Um, so today's guests are uh, from the Prevention Bureau. I'm going to go ahead and let them introduce themselves and talk about what they do here at Confire and how they ended up here. And yeah, so I'm a fire inspector, Derek Baruman. Uh, I have about a seven months here with the fire uh, fire district and the prevention bureau. Uh, prior to getting hired by the uh, district, I worked for Pacific Gas and Electric as a high voltage electrician and substation department, and uh, that commute killed me, and that's what drove me into pursuing my degree and my my passion for working in the fire service. Where was that commute to? Where are you commuting uh, to? Milpitas to Oakley every day. So two and a half hours at the end of the day, sitting on every uh, every terrible freeway in the Bay Area. Um, yeah, that sounds awful. Yeah, it's, yeah. Not, it's not good. I just got angry driving to Station 6 because they were doing construction, and that's just a couple miles away. We, yeah, we, we definitely hit, we did, you guys, we hit you guys did that three times. <laughs> yes. Trying to get to this um, location. Yeah, so then I, you know, I have a small family. I just had a had a baby, he's ten months old, um, and I have a wife and a dog at home who are very supportive in my uh, my career change. And uh, my wife can see the happiness on my face when I come home now from work, and uh, you know, putting on my uniform in the morning as opposed to uh, moaning and groaning when you get up and having to go drive uh, into Milpitas and back every day. Um, and then uh, it's funny because I, I did the fire academy at LMC 12 years ago, tried to be a firefighter. And, you know, 12 years ago, the, the, the job market was a lot different than it is now, um, which is kind of cool because I ended up going to the academy with, with my partner here, Brian. And uh, I'll leave with that and let him introduce himself. Yeah, so I'm Inspector Brian Ellis, also only with the Bureau since December. Um, I was in transportation and logistics before that. So 12 years ago, like Derek said, we went through uh, LMC's academy together and we're testing municipalities and then life decided to work its way and wound up in transportation, stayed there, climbed up, uh, and then got as far as I wanted to get, realized that the time constraints on my family time was more than I was willing to sacrifice and we still wanted to expand our family. So uh, saw the opportunity to jump on and, and applied and here we are. So. Now, did in, you guys stay in contact with each other throughout that A little bit, time, yeah. Or did we you both, show up your first day at Confire? No, we, like, we've hey. seen each other. <laughs> yeah. we, we would see each other sporadically on, on and off in Oakley because we both live in Oakley. So every now and then we'd see each other. I'm like, hey, man, how you doing? What's, what are you doing? Oh, I'm, you know, I'm still testing. Or, hey, I just got on with right. PG&E. Or, you know, I'm in trans now. It's going well. And, um, and then just oddly enough, we were both going through the process. I think he'd already undergone background, and I was about to start. And... Uh, we were both, uh, I was pulling out of Dutch Brothers and he was pulling in and he stopped each other and he gave us, uh, he's like, hey man, I got that dream job yeah. finally. I'm like, oh yeah, where are you at? He's like, oh, I just got picked up by Con Fire. I'm like, oh, no kidding, too funny. I'm in the process right now with it. So yeah. it was, it's been, it, it's kind of, uh, it's been a long, cool ride and to get the opportunity to then work together because we have a lot of similarities. We're both prior service. We both served uh, in the Army, both did deployments in Iraq. Um, and have life experience. I'm 43, you're what, 38? 39. 39. So we're a little bit on the older side, but we have life's experience to pull from. And um, it was expressed after we got hired on and found out we were going to be in the CRR unit that that was one of the I mean, the, the largest reasons why we got picked up and, and put into the CRR and specifically assigned to the homeless engagement program because of our ability to Read people, relate, understand, speak to 
know, compassion, but still, yeah. you know, I, I, you know, I never thought that I would be doing, uh, the job that I did in the military again here for the fire district. I was a uh, psychological operations specialist in the army. And so that's kind of a, uh, propaganda driven, uh, win the hearts, win the minds, uh, program that we developed in the, in the military. It's been around since world war II. Um, but to do something similar that I did over, you know, 15, 20 years ago, it's just kind of a, you know, life comes full circle type thing. I, I never thought that I'd get back to doing something so similar. Yeah. You're using a lot of your experiences here now. You said C C R R a couple of times for people who don't know. Can you guys explain what that is? So CRR is within the prevention bureau. We have different units. We've got commercial engineering, residential engineering, code enforcement, and then CRR, which is community risk reduction. Um, and the, the entire premise of that is um, using specific data in a strategic manner to identify trends and, and hazards uh, with fire, any, related any ways to fire. So it could be specific hazards to um, uh, determining geographically or demographically what's the largest cause of fire in a specific age group, or in our case, trying to quantify the fire hazards specific to encampments and, and activities that with persons experiencing homelessness. So CRR is all about doing all the data research, crunching the numbers, figuring out what means what, and then applying that to uh, packaging it in a way to present it to senior staff and key stakeholders to let them make the decisions on how they want to proceed in terms of fire plans and activities, that kind of thing. So how many are in that division and who's in charge of it and all that can you give us a breakdown of that yeah so there's there's five members in the crr division and that's ran by uh, a captain captain lang um within that division we have uh two inspector ones that's that's ourselves uh, we have an inspector two and we have two community uh, uh outreach specialists um they're they're not uh non-badge they're not bad yeah they're civilians yeah. Well, and, and public they, educator and then a fire prevention specialist. yes and they're everybody one thing about cr is everybody in that in that uh in that division is very well knowledge in the programs that they're running right now and uh, it's a very good team to be working for uh you get a lot of more, you get more abstract programs coming out of the crr division um which is kind of fun mm -hmm. if you're into that kind of thing if you're if you want to do the more rank and file thing, then the other divisions are also a great place to start. Mm -hmm. But I do enjoy being able to develop and create a brand new program for our fire district. And that's done through our CRR division. Yeah. You're making it up as you go, basically. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, two, two follow up questions to that. Uh, can you talk about the difference between an inspector one and an inspector two? Kind of how uh, a little out? bit. We're still in the probationary phase, but, um, uh, really, the only the only separation between the two is that Inspector Twos are safety uh, positions, and Inspector Ones aren't. So Inspector Twos will be called to, for suppression assistance during down power line windstorms, such as that you know things like that, to um, help relieve engines so that they can free up and go to other calls. Uh, and whereas Inspector Ones can't, Inspector Twos get turnouts and can participate in some um, post fire activities, I believe but inspectors once can't, so. Got it, and then uh, you spoke to collecting data. So for you guys, how much time are you in your office crunching the numbers <laughs> versus out in the field? Um, Do you wanna give the honest answer? <laughs> it probably, honestly, it's, probably about 50-50. Yeah, it's Because 50 -50. It's, it, it's easy, it would be easy for us to get lost, but the nice thing about our job with the homeless program is the data is in the field. Yeah. So we can look at, at Zoll RMS and, and Visinet and review enough to figure out and find patterns of where uh, we think we should prioritize our focuses. But once that's established, then it's going out into the field, verifying camp locations, doing a safety assessments, regrouping, going back out again and actually going into the camp and engaging with the occupants. So uh, for us, it's about 50-50. And it's, it, it, really, it really does depend too, because uh, unfortunately right now we're not actively in that program right now we're getting back to it here soon but we're on another we're, we're being loaned out to another another project but um what we are seeing because we are residents of the county as well so we have an idea of where some of these homeless camps are and and how how bad some of them are and how much they move 
that's the issue that we're seeing is that uh, Brian did say that it's 50-50. Sometimes, some months it may be more like 80-20 because we're seeing that there's so much movement with the, the homeless population that we're actively almost having to hunt them down, for lack of a better word. Um, we have to find out where they've gone because we have made efforts with some of these people um, in getting our messages and our program across to. So we want to continue our efforts because if they end up moving somewhere, maybe our, our little tidbit of fire safety will benefit the next camp that they establish somewhere else in the, in the district. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, it, 50, 50 it is great, but it does vary. Um, before I forget, cause I will forget, you mentioned you pull some of your data from RMS. Is there anything that our fire captains and suppression can be doing to assist you guys in those efforts when they're filling out their reports? I think right now, because we're still so new and so fresh into this, this, this program and building it up, I think eventually we're going to start looking in at what changes or improvements can be made between the relationship with suppression and prevention in that aspect. Um, we understand that, you know, it may be one more thing or another thing to think of after an incident and you come back and you're exhausted and all, you know, so adding more things to, to, uh, in a cooperative effort could be challenging, but it has come across our table. We just haven't thought of anything just yet. What, what we're working with, what we're working with right now has worked so far. Um, there is always room for improvement and change, but Again, as Brian mentioned, we, we are hesitant to ask for more out of the suppression side because we want to we want to make sure that we're not adding too much to the plate. We, we're, we're asking for something, but really what's going on right now is that we do have a good basis for the data that we can use, and it helps us to go out and have um, an idea of where we want to go look. Um, the 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 calls we get we we end up mapping them on uh like a google google earth uh document that we use and it gives us an idea we, we can look at the google map and say hey there's a lot of calls coming from the g street area in antioch um which we are aware of or there was a lot of calls behind slanton ranch of all places so we can kind of use those those data points to create what we call areas of focus and then that's where we will start doing some of our work where we're going out approaching some of these camps and talking to them so it's it's based solely on on the reporting of of, of the the captains when they say hey this was a homeless involved fire um, or we also take rubbish fires as with a grain of salt as a homeless involved fire as well there's there's some subjectivity in determining if it was homeless related or not i mean it I'm sure the ambiguity exists when you're on the call there on scene and it exists with us also. So we've, we've looked at some of those key phrases, like rubbish fire or, and we look at the duration of call time and we put it together. Uh, and that's just solely to help us, like Derek said, identify the focus here. Then we do a little more due diligence to go out and verify that that's actually encampment there and then go from there. But there is a checkbox, right? Transient. Yeah, I think yeah. there is. Yeah, it's yeah. next. It's it's next to the fourth person checkbox for the truck company. So, if folks use that, is that helpful? It is. It is. Yeah. Yeah. It is. But so. right now, again, because we're at the beginning, we the the Zol RMS is very helpful if we need to dive in a little bit more, and the the officers have taken the time to fill it out. But really, at first uh, glance, the Visionet um, transcripts have really been the most helpful. And that's just the course, the communication track for, uh, you know, the dispatch call. So yeah. we've used that predominantly, and we are tracking that in-house in real time. Our fire prevention specialist, Julie Ormond, is, is tracking every call and going through every note to to input that and track us for track it for us in a spreadsheet um, because we don't have time to buffer the latency of a three-year infers refresh. So we're tracking it in live every day um, and hopefully getting the freshest information that we have of that. But any information that the officers or, or anybody on scene is willing to put in there that could help us clarify specifically that it's homeless involved would always be key. Yeah, I wouldn't be hesitant to ask for that because I think ultimately it it does it, help. It helps all of us, yeah. right? It helps the community. It helps. Chief right. Bachman, Bachman was here earlier today and he made mention of that click box for transient related stuff. And he said probably 20% are being clicked properly. 
you know, if you have a hundred calls that are homeless related, only 20 of them are being flagged with that particular button. So I don't know. And maybe that's just yeah. something, you know, moving forward, it'll, it'll, the, hopefully this podcast will help get that, get that message out that we, we are actively tracking this information. It's just not going into some RMS system to sit there for forever. Right. It's, yeah, there, 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 is there are, there, there are some, under, yeah, there are some guys it. looking into it, pulling some information yep. out and we're using that stuff. So uh, your efforts are appreciated. They're not just being stored away in the cloud. I don't even know what the cloud is, but it's... <laughs> yeah, nobody knows. <laughs> yeah. Nobody knows. It's all around us. Yeah. I don't know. All my stuff's there. Though. Are we in it? Right, right, right. <laughs> Talk about... We've kind of talked a little bit about it, but can you be specific in what your program is doing? Like, what is the... What is the foundation of it? What What are you hoping to do with it? How are you... So we haven't quite gotten to that point yet what we've what we've been doing as as inspectors and and county uh, or rather district uh employees is we're there to do some some a little bit of everything we're, we're talking about mitigating fire um we're doing public education for the homeless population uh regardless of what other people may think these are citizens of our county so they're entitled to everything that a tax-paying citizen would uh get from our fire district um so we're providing the, the fire mitigation efforts, which is going in and taking a look at just general conditions, right? What, how are they uh, utilizing their fire? Are they using it for cooking? Are they using it for warming? Um, and if they are, what kind of fuels are they using? What kind of material are they using? Uh, we, we look at uh, fire hazards uh, and, and proximity uh, to their fire. Are, are they next to their tents? Are they next to a grassy field? Um, are they next to propane tanks or fuel tanks. Um, and then we, we try to give them some, some, some suggestions on how to better, uh, better and safely make their home. It's, it's just like going, like I was saying earlier, it's, it's just like going into an elderly person's home and looking at like their, their kitchen. Hey, you know, it's not wise to have, uh, you know, don't put water on a grease fire. We want to go out and we're having these conversations with the homeless population. It's as education. Well. It is education. It's very education driven. Um, very a uh, lot of prevention efforts. We want to make sure we stop the fire before it even ha- happens. We know when we leave, they're still going to cook their hamburgers on their on their grill. They're still going to have a propane heater in their tent. We can't stop them from doing that, but we can definitely spread a message saying, "Hey, there's better ways to do this." Uh, there's safer ways to do this, and to be frank, we we don't want to hear about a fatality in this camp after we've been here because we do truly care mm-hmm. about the message that we're sending. We're we're out there to let these people know that we are trying to make an impact on our community, and these people are are part of our community. I mean, regardless of how society wants to look at them, they're 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 part of our community, and it's not going anywhere. So you see it. You use the data or, you know, the calls that you're looking at. You see a cluster. You choose, say, we're going to go to this area, area X and a canal or wherever. What are you physically doing? So you're walking in and how yeah, does so, that go? So first we force protection, we do a drive-by. IMCI stuff. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, as much authority as we can pull with the fire badge. Yeah. We, you know, we go and do a safety assessment first because first and foremost, obviously, our officer safety is, is the largest thing that we're concerned about initially. So we'll go and we'll do a site verification and then we'll just kind of do a visual at distance um, hazard assessment to see what's there. Is there. Do they appear to be friendly or not? Is there dogs in, or pets in the area? Are they hostile or not? It, can we visibly see easily identifiable hazards? Um, and then we'll go back to the drawing board. We'll say, okay, we'll go with, or uh, even better is number of occupants because we want to make sure we try to keep a, a one officer to five occupant ratio. So then we'll we'll coordinate ahead of time. And if, if that's sufficient enough coverage, then we'll go in and, and then we'll introduce ourselves and we'll just say, hey, we're here with the fire district. Um, you know, we, we see you have some, some fire hazards here. We'd like to take a look and uh, take a minute to just talk to you about them and educate you. Would that be okay? And, and the feedback that we've gotten, the reception has been uh, great over general. Right. Um, and then, we'll, yeah, we'll actually physically go in and we've created a survey tool using ArcGIS uh, Survey123. And we've built um, a survey tool to capture the hazard. So in real time, we can pull 
the hazards that we've identified, how many, what types of fuels they have, how, what are their fire practices, um, what's their proximity, is there a risk of interparcel flame spread, is there um, you know, a level of different hazards that help us then on the back end uh, quantify the risk and the compared risk of that encampment to other encampments. And then, so with that being said, I, I did mention earlier too that we're trying to get uh, get some of these people connected to, to, to resources. Mm -hmm. So we also work pretty closely um, with CORE, County CORE, which is the the homeless service teams that are out uh, and about that go through H3. And we've built a really good uh, uh, relationship with these teams. We, we go out, we talk to them. We'll let them know that we're going to a uh, location if they want to attend with us. They, they're more than welcome to because they will also kind of double back on that and offer out, um, you know, if they need water, if they need clothing, if they need trips to, the, to their medical uh, appointments. Um, another big thing, because we are veterans too, we, we try to make sure that they get in uh, contact with the veteran population that's homeless because, you know, we want to see those guys, you know, get everything they deserve as well, which that, that be medical care or housing, whatever they need. Um, we also, so we talked about going in, but we don't try to go in, and the best way that we can, we can say is we don't want to go in looking like cops. So when we go into a camp, we, we none of us do. No, right? <laughs> yeah, this is not a good time, right? Yeah. So yeah. We, uh, we we tend to take the shiny stuff off. We yeah. we put on our wildland jackets. Um, make sure we're both wearing our ball caps to say you know fire on it. And yeah. uh, we you know we wear our, we wear a different pair of pants so we don't smoke our class B's when we're walking through there. But and, you know we just go out and we have conversations similar to how we're having a conversation mm -hmm. here. And, and Brian said you know we've had a lot of. Uh, a lot of good feedback from the population and, and a lot of times it's them saying we really appreciate you guys just talking to us like humans and not a problem not a not a cancer not a not a uh, a nuisance and that's our response our response is hey we're just here to have a fire safety conversation we're not here to ask you guys to leave that's not our job here but with that being said if we make efforts to suggest doing fire prevention and fire safety efforts and we find that there's uh, a history of noncompliance, then that's something where we may ask law enforcement or even our code enforcement uh, counterparts in the Prevention Bureau or DCD, which is the Department of uh, Conservation and Development, to come out and have a conversation with uh, the population there. So there is a little bit of enforcement involved, but we, we strive not to get it to that point where we can have a civil conversation, a, a productive conversation with the population in the camp and hope that we see uh, positive trends coming from our, from our program, which we are kind of starting to hear that we are seeing some positive trends. Um, Chief, I think you mentioned something earlier, and then we've also had an uh, email from one of the FIU investigators that said that he's starting to see some some trends that are in the right direction, what we're hoping for. Yeah, I think it's anecdotal because we don't have that right. data. You guys need to spend 95% of your week, <laughs> one week, pulling the data. But right. And I'm not going to these calls anymore, knock on wood. Um, but it sure seems like our – homeless encampment fires or exterior fires in those areas that we always knew were caused by cooking or whatever, they, they seem to be down for sure. Um, knock on wood. Knock on wood. Yeah. And whether that's true or not, I don't know. Maybe I, I might turn the radio off around 8.15 in the morning and just hide in my room. So maybe that's why I'm missing them. But it seems like um, we're, we're down. And I, I would totally attribute a portion of that to what you guys are doing out there. I think it's making a, a difference and I really would like to see the data. I, I hate saying Google target solutions, vector solutions and data, but all those things are important to what we do here. They are, and that's what CRR is. That's what we're it's all our bread about. And butter. Yeah. And you asked earlier about what we specifically do and the engagement is only the half of it. And we talked about the, the data collection, but there's purpose behind the data collection and that's, to identify and, and quantify what the hazards are, assess the risks associated with those to develop a, uh, a community risk assessment 
then we can work with part, uh, stakeholders, government agencies, other entities within the county, and uh, present this information to them and pass that info along to senior leadership as well. Um, and so we can create a community risk reduction plan. And it's all under the, the blueprint of NFPA 1300, which is just that, a community risk reduction plan. And those are the steps, capture the data, create a risk assessment, create a risk uh, reduction plan, and then implement the plan. So eventually, once we get to that point, then we'll facilitate the, the decided upon role that the fire district will take in that program, along with the partner um, agencies, um, what they do right. to help uh, you know, handle the, this challenge of persons experiencing homelessness. And we, we've had some pretty good success so far. I, I think each of us uh, individually have been uh, part of a successful, uh, what we're calling abatement um, of, of a problem. Uh, myself was uh, Anchor, uh, Anchor Marina out in Bethel Island. So that was 90, Station 95's uh, area. And we kind of just fell on it fell on it yeah we walked we, we were driving down taylor road kind of trying to find some uh some rvs that had been asked to move from uh wilbur and we came across anchor marina and we, we we drove in and um for a lack of a better word it was an open air dump on one end and then it was about uh, i'd say 20 rvs that had been squatting there for years illegally and had as Brian had mentioned, with us working together with other agencies, other government agencies, law enforcement, and uh, of course the homeless advocacy uh, teams, we were able to get that uh, that marina basically shut down, uh, relocate the residents, which some of them were willing to re relocate, some of them were not so much wanting to, but. Um, a lot of them are connected to services through this process. They are. And the good thing is, is that, uh, you know, Station 95, we went back and told them that, you know, that it's been abated. And they were they were very <laughs> thankful for that because it, it was, I mean, if you were to go and if we were able to show you pictures and show everybody on the podcast pictures, it was a huge area, um, probably two of these buildings combined of just open air trash. Um, did a rough com uh, computation of just of cubic footage, and it was over three hundred thousand cubic foot of Jeez. of rubbish and trash. Yeah. That was it on was... top of vessels, abandoned vessels, mm -hmm. abandoned uh, vehicles. So it was just a a nightmare situation waiting to happen. I mean, and given the fact that Taylor Road is a very uh, not well maintained road, and how far uh, ninety five is from. Right. Our next no station. Yeah, no right. hydrants. You know, we're talking dr maybe drafting from the Delta if we had to, but it was just a very uh, a disaster waiting to happen to right. the scenario. We call it a tilt. Yes, a tilt. And then so Brian had another similar success with our program as well. Well, we've had so in North Richmond Station Seventy. They've had uh, a large challenge with persons experiencing homelessness in. Um, abandoned buildings that belong to the county housing authority, mm -hmm. um, and so they're just, they're just are there are ones are just two duplexes um, that are scattered throughout the area, and there's about 40 structures. Um, they just have recurring fire calls, recurring fire calls, um, and so we were able to establish a relationship with housing authority to have them start addressing the hazards that were present there. And so, in, over the last aggressively over the last four months, we've worked on um, them uh, securing contractors to take care of the vegetation abatement, securing contractors to take care of the internal combustibles, external combustibles. Uh, so where it, it went through almost a, a, a jungle atmosphere out there with all the overgrowth and the, the, the structure securement challenges that they were having to now uh, confidently say probably about 99% of the structures are secured all the time. Uh, the external vegetation hazards have been abated. Everything has been gutted and cleaned out from the inside. So all the internal combustibles are gutted. Um, and now they're seeing a decrease in the use uh, and reoccurrence of break-ins and the structural um, compromise. So we've had uh, an increase in the relationship there, but also a significant decrease in the hazards there too. And then, so one thing about that whole Las Deltas area was uh, a big, a big part of it that drove us out there was uh, the VPS panels. If you're familiar with those, yeah. So uh, I don't know if you've had any direct experience with them, but we've been out there, and um, it's it's a very 
it's a unique system, I guess you could say. Yeah. So if you don't know what you're looking at, it's a unique system. And so our concern being as the fire inspectors, we go out there and we do have the suppressions, uh, you know, life safety in, in mind when we go do these inspections is mm -hmm. access and egress uh, for those buildings. Um, we've never had the um, the, op the opportunity to actually remove one. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know if you have, Captain. Or Yeah, I for a period of time I did drive at Station 70, so okay. I am familiar yeah. with, with North Richmond. Yeah. But the problem was not as bad then as it is now right and we also had a key <laughs> so that was like plan a was the key plan b was okay we're gonna yeah we're gonna cut this and it takes some time right right so there yeah. that was the other issue too is we're taking the district's taking time to get these panels off to make access and then by that point we have you know fire growth Full involvement. and yeah. and so the other thing we were noticing out in in Las Deltas too was some of these people weren't even uh, accessing the panels anymore. They were just simply sledgehammering the the stucco wall yeah. and going in on in their own door. They made their own doors. And now we're seeing access being breached on top. They're actually using the roof vents to pull out and shimmy their way down into and go that way. So now because we've established the relationship and the oversight, now the housing authority has taking the measures to abate at the cost that it takes and to also create a new employment position so they have a dedicated individual that inspects every um, address on a weekly basis and then they're reporting the, that information to us so that we can work together to maintain progress, to maintain that the hazards are not reoccurring and to maintain oversight. So it's been a, a good relationship building between uh, you know, two county agencies um, but the most important is we've been able to help mitigate the hazards there. Yeah, it's, it seems like it's a way bigger thing than just the fire district trying to solve a problem. So I was going to ask what other agencies you're, you're working with or what other agencies in the county you think you will eventually start working with. And do you guys see this thing, just this particular part of what you do with the homelessness, getting becoming <clears throat> excuse me a bigger program i mean i could definitely yeah. i've been here i grew up in contra costa county i've worked here 20 years i could see this having a division of like 100 people if right. <laughs> really i mean we're still again we're still in the infancy of it all but when we sit down and think of where it could go we do see the potential of it becoming its own division and um, you know, fire prevention specialists conducting the inspections and captains running the program and it, even at BC level. But ultimately, it just depends on once we calculate the data, once we create the risk assessment, once we present and the senior leadership and other county agencies come up with a reduction plan, then will it be defined our role in it and to what extent that is. But, I mean, we have just the same ideas. There are other agencies that have roving patrols or dedicate, we were talking earlier, dedicated units to just service the homeless. And we see that as a potential need, um, perhaps down the line, a dedicated apparatus with trained firefighters and or um, inspectors in that role. Um, also in a safety, one of the things that some of the departments are doing um, that we research a little bit is those, those roving units are also first respond units. So, if they, because we've, we've had several occurrences where we've actually gone into the encampments and right. they have live fires and most of the yeah. time it's cooking and, um, but or smoldering fires, yep, a trash un fire, unattended they... trash fires, right. That, uh, you know, have required us to call the engines out a time or two. And if it, our internal goal is to, one of our internal goals is to help minimize suppressions need to come and, uh, you know, deal with it one, because if we already have an asset that's easy, that's there and can address it, that's fantastic, but also to help increase the potential rest and recovery for suppression personnel to help minimize burnout. Um, you know, we've, we have thought about those things, but again, we're still at the embassy and, um, you know, we see that we could potentially get to that level, but, uh, you know, we'll go through the steps and we can grow it as large as it goes. And as long as senior leadership and the counties wish to continue this program and we're all in. And you mentioned, you asked uh, what other agencies that we, we think could get involved. Yeah. And, and to be honest with you, there are quite a few agencies that are already involved mm -hmm. as, as is. We have, we already made contact with quite a few, I mean, Caltrans, uh, CHP, Antioch PD, uh, Public Works for Antioch, uh, Public Works for Oakley, 
for the um, county for the county as well uh, again we talked to h3 and core can you go into real quick what h3 is yeah i mean <laughs> that that acronym always falls but it, it's, it's not yeah, the easiest acronym. housing homeless um I'm, I'm sorry i forget the other one but it, essentially it's their their organization specifically assigned to handle and that's a, everything that's a county that is a county agency it's yep. a it's an agency that re relies on measure x funding as much as any other agency in, in the di in the district or in the county rather so um they have they have a lot of good people working for for that that uh that agency they all they all were at one point or another i think people that experience homelessness their outreach teams and, their outreach teams are yeah. core which falls under h3 a lot of them were were prior occupants and have gotten you know reestablished and have gotten themselves out of the homeless situation and they're great advocates they, yeah they we, connect personally and, we've had some great relationships we've, we've built some friendships with them uh the martinez talia she's, yep, she's, she's, she's a firecracker <laughs> she's, she's a great yeah. great person to have uh, she actually invited us uh, out to a homeless camp along the uh, union pacific railroad that they were doing abatement with martinez pd so we went out and we went we had a look at at the the conditions of that camp and it was it was a it was better that that camp had been removed she was basically dug into a hillside right on the back side of that uh the that, cemetery down there yes yeah i've been there yeah. yes yes and that piggybacks with another agency <laughs> that we started a good relationship with um and may as communications just kind of established the uh, chief watson reached out to us and he has um bi-weekly or checks in check-ins with amtrak and bart every now and then um with antioch bart and bart pd we've just established a good relationship there was an encampment there on the east side of hillcrest the e-bart station and they were also digging into the hillside, which normally isn't a challenge, but unfortunately they were right on top of the main distribution uh, line for Chevron. Yeah. And they were digging, so we were able to work. Oh, it's fine. Enjoy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No big deal. I mean, it's, Bruno. Yeah. It's a good thing. I mean, that's the other part of it, too, is we get to use some of our, our prior uh, experience, like me being with pg and &E, I can make a few phone calls, ask a few friends, hey, is this is this an issue? Is this pipeline an issue? Is this even pg and &E's pipeline? No, it's Chevron. So then we give a call so we have we've been building these relationships with all these different agencies and it's it's kind of it's kind of fun to do that i mean we've had we've had a lot of fun up to this point um and i shouldn't say up to this point we're we're going to continue to have fun doing this project we have yeah. a lot of pride in it so i'm sure yeah. some of it There's is just like sleuthing out like okay what direction right can i go with this, this and that i'm sure that's kind of fun for you guys and too. we've been very fortunate our, our captain again captain lang's been a as a good he's been a good compass for us he's kind of kept us on on the path that we that we initially set out on and he'll let us know if we're you know if we're straying a little yeah. too far left or right um our our leadership in general i mean they've been pretty supportive chief helmick and, and chief bachman mm -hmm. have been super supportive um we've had several presentations for um our prevention bureau as well as we've done a national mm -hmm. uh uh presentation to that's cool the crr kitchen yeah. table yeah so we, is that recorded it is recorded we do have i think we do have access to it so we can we can get that to you guys but uh we ended up i think we had we gotten ahead of the game so much that we we had presented it in hopes of having some kind of feedback from other fire agencies and we got crickets and I think really what it was is I don't think any other agency had already started developing something as much as we have done. You you mentioned Hayward having something, I believe, but uh, we were yeah. asking, hey, is this are we heading in the right direction with these other fire agencies? And I don't think any of them had any clue as to You're what pioneering in the right direction. I, I guess we, hope, I, yeah, we think so, and, yeah. and we hope so. Uh, I mean, long term goal we're talking about just growth of the program and the size that it could potentially be, but there's also one of the challenges that we face is there are very few codes in CFC that actually relate to the homeless encampment. There's a couple, you know, public camping codes that apply, but in general, there's nothing specific. So once we go through all the, the time and all the data and information, eventually create NFPA specific for, or codes, fire codes specific for in the, these types of situations and these encampments. That's then, where our office time will go from like, 90 to 10 yeah, percent we'll be in, we'll <laughs> yeah. be in the office most of the time doing yeah, all yeah, that so yeah, yeah. i mean but it's been it's been a great it's been a great opportunity i mean i think I, at least for myself i can say that uh, i was very apprehensive uh wanting to do this this project when i got told that i was going to yeah. be slated for it um but with that being said I, I think it's been a great opportunity for for me with with 
personal growth, one uh, professional growth. Um, it's, it's, yeah, we're not so much digging into like the code as much, but we have been given the opportunity to, to make contact with a lot of the suppression personnel, learn the inner workings of our district, learning the boundaries of our district, because we're not, we're not held to like one specific spot. We go, you know, one day we could be in Bethel Island at Anchor Marina, and then we can get a phone call and go out to North Richmond to go to Las Deltas and then anything in between. So it's been, a, it's been a lot of fun. That's, that's the, that's the, the perk of this, of this job. And we're, we're always wanting more people to come and, and join the team. So we could use some more people. We, we always yeah. want more. Not just that it's, it's all of us got into fire service for, you know, a reason. And that's to help people, right. To help our public and our communities. And, um, it, it when coming in board, it was, I'm going to be, I'm going to be engineering. I'm going to be review plans. And that sounds fascinating. And I still get to make a contributable difference to protect people and protect life and, and property. But, um, it doesn't going into this program has provided us direct real time, yeah. immediate impact on, on the protection of life and property and, oh, yeah. and make a difference and see reactions. Uh, we were working with a, an encampment on the, Highway 160 interchange on the Highway 4 there on a UP rail line underneath the overpass, um, and they they had an RV that was butted up against heavy vegetation, and it was only going to be a matter of time, especially before fire season, that if continued if they continued to reside there, it was going to catch, and then we'd have a large fire. And just in our efforts to talk and educate them and come back, establish a relationship, they took it upon themselves to move all of their all of their materials, all of their belongings, to include the trailer. 30 feet down away from it in soft sand area where there's no contact exposure. And so just even the small ones like that is enough to know, okay, well, I saved these three people. It, I contributed potentially to them living a safer life or not uh, succumbing to a, an emergency or a situation where they don't have control and a fire occurs. I mean, we're making, we're making a difference for our families too. We're, we're mm -hmm. I mean, we, we are going live to, there. The, we are going to the camps that are yeah. behind the target that our wives go to that our son, that our newborn sons go to, that any of your guys' family go to, you know, we, we are not only making a, an impact with the homeless community, but we're making an impact to the greater community of our district. And that's kind of what's cool about it. This is our first episode that we've had a hundred percent Contra Costa County residents. Oh, wow. On. Okay. Lifelong. Is it really? I think so. We're all, all four of us live in the county. I mean, I was I was born and raised out here, so I've seen I've seen Oakley go from orchards to urban suburban sprawl. It's kind of kind of. We should get like an ice cream cake or something. <laughs> you didn't bring us an ice cream cake, you know? No. Hey, no, 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 no. no. Yeah. We were told to bring ice cream. We weren't sure if it was for the podcast or for no. the prevention bureau. We were, no. we were like, I don't know who the hell we're talking about. I could say it was just down the yeah. you know, yeah. just down the way we grab uh, Well. One of the things that I think is obvious to me and Chief Impostato and our listeners can't see this is you guys are passionate yes, about this. Definitely. And you're not just saying like, hey, I'm, I'm seeing a difference. We can see the passion in your guys' faces. And it's, it's pretty cool to, to see that. Yeah, I think we talked about it before we got started. We're trying to bridge the gap between suppression and other divisions that we have and how we all intertwine together, even though we don't, we may not realize it. This is a great way to start that discussion with, uh, you know, Port Chicago, Station X, and how we all rely on each other to, I think you said it best, help people. I mean, that's why we're here. Yeah. We just did interviews yeah. last week, and that's what, that's what draws people to this job is mm -hmm. the excitement of fighting fire and wanting to help folks and so we're all we all have the same mission here and we're just doing it in different ways mm -hmm. so I, I really appreciate you guys being here um one of the things that we always ask our folks at the end is like what are you reading what are you listening to what is there anything you want to <laughs> Share well, with right you. now it's we're reading code. We're about to <laughs> yeah, yeah, we we're about have, to embark class, on our uh, Inspector of One series. We start tomorrow, so <laughs> yeah, we're getting, getting ready for that. But uh, I'm a music man. Sounds like a nice. really fun Saturday. Yeah, yeah it's going to be it's a weekend four, class, four huh? weekends. Yeah. yeah, four weekends over the next three months. But uh, 
I cut you off. You're a music guy. Yeah, uh, that's where I'm at. So every everything. What are you listening to? Um, I'm big on kind of the old classics. So Zeppelin. I'm hard sold on Zeppelin, but a lot of the Black Keys, uh, Foo Fighters, I'm big into. But all the old stuff too. Chicago, Foghat, Sticks, ELO. Bach Returner Overdrive. So, my father was a hippie, so I, you know, I grew up with all that eclectic taste. And then um, the oddity of me is I was actually a vocal performance major in college. So I have a, a bachelor's of music in vocal performance. So I did opera, and, and oddly <laughs> enough, made for podcast voice. Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah you're so, taking over. <laughs> so oddly enough, um, and this was on unknown to either of us uh, but it came up as we continued developing our relationship as partners um you know derek's a big burly guy for guys that you know don't have the visual but uh, he pulled up in his truck one morning and was just listening to classical music himself so yeah you know, like we listen to everything yeah i mean i i do a little bit of everything but it's classical music in the morning just to just to clear the mind i don't know it's something about uh i've taken a lot of time to to try to uh to get to get my mental health right and everything like that, and I found that mental uh, by doing so, like listening to classical music, just to get yourself in the right headspace, just setting the day off the right way. And then uh, I don't have any time to read at home. I got a I got a, I got a ten month at home, and uh, it's you know you get off work and you go do your second job, and that's making sure my my son doesn't crawl and, and take the wife's a dot. Yeah, the, yeah, the wife's happy. <laughs> yeah. But uh, when I do get an opportunity, I you know I just I like playing ball, baseball, and uh, I, you know, doing a lot of working out and stuff like that, trying to, uh, just possibly get my, my body ready for something for the next step if it, if it comes. So, um, great. And I'm yeah. starting to make him a soccer fan now. Yeah. Yeah. So oh, we yeah. do, so. we do, uh, we do our trips to go check out the earthquakes yeah. play and stuff. So, you know, what? it was funny. We, we, <laughs> I wouldn't say that we had such a strong relationship in the Academy 12 years ago. And, and this, this program is really obviously built not only like a professional relationship, but we're, I think it's kind of developed a friendship too because we live so close and we've got he's so speaking many. Speaking for himself. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, no, he's saying <laughs> Hey, go ahead and have, uh, have fun on the walk home today, bud. So. Yeah. No, he's right. It's, uh, it's been it's been fantastic working with him, uh, developing the program, and then getting to know him too. I mean, we're it's it's funny how similar we are, right? The LMC Academy at the same time, same kind of life. You know, situations for the most part in the middle. We came here. He's got a 10 month old. I just had the seven month son. So, I mean, we're both veterans, prior service, all both army. So we constantly give each other about that. Cause one of us is, was active duty army. The other one was a weekend. Yeah. Warrior. So that's where so. we debate, right? Cause when I was activated and deployed, it was still active duty and it was 16 months, you know, so you take that nine years of half, service in the reserves. Cut it in half. <laughs> You know, <laughs> not for the time. So to wrap this up, <laughs> where do you guys see the future of community risk reduction at our fire district? It, it's funny you ask that because we have we have uh, one-on-ones with our captain. And really, it's the sky's the limit really for this, for this CR division. Uh, all of our programs are very abstract and they have noticeable impacts, whether it be the defensible space program, the weed abatement program, the homeless engagement team, um, public, I, education. public education, all that stuff is, is, is that, that, that has measurable impacts to our community, whether it be, you know, grandma getting her, her, uh, smoke alarms changed the right way, not having a kitchen fire to the homeless guy behind target, not burning down the, the hillside next to the bypass or, um, the people out in Lafayette cutting back their trees and doing defensible space uh, areas around there. So really, it's, it's the sky's the limit. We, we could use more people. We want more people to come in. Brian mentioned that we would hope that we could be uh, overseeing several teams for our specific program. And I'm sure that the other inspectors and the other coordinators would be similar, uh, similarly thought that they'd want more people to come in where they could control you know, a small team to spread our messages because ultimately that message being spread is going to push us toward the, the reducing calls and, and, and better, better work-life balances for our, for our firefighters. Awesome. Yeah. This has been great. Yeah. This has actually been one of my favorite recordings so far. <laughs> I, I say that every time, but <laughs> well, we, full disclosure. Well, we appreciate the invite. Yeah. We yeah. Do. An opportunity was... to, to present our program and to continue to build a relationship with suppression and 
and get our program out there so that suppression and everyone in the district knows what we're doing is is key. We, we greatly appreciate it, Chief. Thank you. Are you guys uh, interested in hearing from suppression personnel? Do you want? Absolutely. If we put your emails in the notes you or can. whatever. Yeah. We don't have any personal. We, again, we just personal phone numbers for the yeah. well, for business Brian. line. Yeah, yeah. You can give Brian's number out. <laughs> just it's yeah. Yeah. yeah, call somebody else. Yeah. Uh, no. Um, you know, we just started that conversation when we were talking about getting back into the program, and this is that first step. So okay. how we're going to formally yeah. do it, we'll definitely communicate. But if, if And we've had a few um, captains reach out and say, hey, a community member reached out to us and then yep. emailed us. So we're completely fine. Email us what you what you have, what you think you have, how we can help, what issue, anything. And yeah, awesome. I know it's, have... a, it's a great resource <laughs> yeah. for us and the companies to, to feel like, okay, here's this problem I encountered. I don't really know where to go with it, but now there's an avenue, yeah, somewhere to go with it. We yeah. would love to. Yeah. We, like I said, we're we're very eager to 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 really make this this program uh, permanent. It's it's going to be permanent, but I mean, we want it to be a a staple within the bureau. Not only is there the CRR division, but now we have this program called HET, and we've we've seen note we've seen uh, uh, interest in it from other inspectors as well that are willing to come over and learn about our program. So. Um, yeah, the more people that give us calls, uh, kind of gives us a little bit of ammunition to build our, our team out a little bit more. So well, it's just, it's more data and it helps better our numbers and more accurate and, and it could potentially lead us to a direction we didn't know existed or needed to go to. A prime example was 83, 83 reached out to us cause yeah. they have a homeless encampment behind the station mm -hmm. and they just, a, a resident went to the station, complained, captain reached out to us. And then that's how we found out about that encampment. So it's helpful for us. Because if we don't know, there's only two of us. Two men. Yeah. Two men. So if, if we're not able, we don't know every location. Don't know we've only, yeah, 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 and we've yeah. only hit what the data shows. So if we can capture more data, send it our way. You guys right. are listening to classic music and really calming yourself. I listen to insane clown posse and then do staffing. <laughs> yeah. I've done my time with well, Slipknot and ICP. <laughs> I really did. A, I, I did enjoy the Ghost concert a couple couple yep. weeks ago with Amana Marth. That was a good show. So I'm I'm, I'm in a metal as well. So Vita uh, yeah. actually really likes Greta Von Fleet. Oh, I, so you know what? They're kind of interesting because hints they're like that. I uh, love for Greta Von Fleet yeah. and then I have hints of it's a little too much Rush for me. Yeah. So oh, I'm like whoa, whoa, whoa. right in between. And that's... I'm a Rush I guy. appreciate Rush for what they are, but... You know, and I'm not poo-pooing any of the fans out there, but it's a little, it's, uh, you know, <laughs> we're okay. completely off the here rails. We go. Yeah. Thanks, right. you guys, for yeah, being here. It's, it's awesome. We'll see you guys on the next one.